Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. This week's episode is sponsored by Lexi and Teal. Lexi and Teal is a British silk accessories brand providing mulberry silk eye masks and pillowcases because, as they say, everybody deserves a good night's sleep. For those of you new to luxurious silk like me, grade 6A mulberry silk is the absolute best you can buy and is exactly what Lexi and Teal create their made-to-last products with. Whether you want a honeymoon perfect wedding gift in ivory or to fall asleep on a pillow of ocean blue, or if you're a sucker for rose gold like most millennial women, Lexi and Teal have a range of six beautiful colours to suit your style and taste. Founded by Amelia Allen in 2020, inspired by both her heritage, she is Mauritian, Indian and Scottish, but also the conflict between luxury and its inevitable environmental impact with sustainability in mind they order small quantities from suppliers meaning reduce wastage limit the plastic they use with delivery bags that being biodegradable and to minimize their carbon footprint they use ships rather than planes to have the goods delivered find them online at lexiandteal.com and on all the socials at lexiandteal let's move into today's show Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am going to jump straight in with what am I figuring out? So I'm looking forward to hearing Verity's thoughts on this. I mean, I've probably been trying to figure this out. I'd probably say five years, maybe, who knows? But it's very, very been on my mind recently. So figuring out what on earth the difference is in reality versus in theory between a mentor, a coach, a consultant, and every other word a professional would like to call themselves. So <laughs> for a little, little bit of context, I um, when this goes out, I'll have just um, be about to launch my new program. And I have been sitting for a while and like what to class myself as what to class the program as and what to work for because for a long time it probably has come up before where I've been like you know I'm a marketing mentor I'm a marketing coach I'm a marketing consultant I'm a marketing strategist like there's so many words and there is whilst there could be actual definitions of them people use them differently so I see people that do the exact same thing as me but they call themselves something different and one of my like bugbears is like the word use of the word coach, which everyone thinks they're a coach now anyway, but also in terms of not really following what it's really meant to mean. So I like had some looks at some diagrams and you know, trying to see what things are meant to be. And quite often they seem to be a, a thing around how much someone's being directive and how much someone's like giving direct input versus how much is about you giving space and for the client. And it seems, so you'd argue someone a coaching end of the scale is normally more about asking questions, providing space, non-judgmental. It's really it's meant to come from the individual, whereas a consultant's the other extreme where it's like, this is what you should do. Like, this is the best practice. This is my advice specifically for you, et cetera. And then 
mentor seems to be in between and it depends like sometimes you've got those graphs that are on a a square I can't think what they're called on axis so it's it depends mm-hmm. but that's the general gist of like consulting seems to be one end coaching seems to be the other and for this program I was I normally cast myself much more as a consultant strategist that side of it I tell you what to do basically don't get me wrong I'm not massively forceful I never make people do things they didn't want to do but my whole thing is I've got the knowledge so I, I will share it and make my best recommendations on you but this program is more around actually like being by the side of someone and trying to actually help help them to find some things themselves but then once they've made some choices I will then be providing guidance on how to get there and providing the way to do it so mentor is what I've like ended up coming to the conclusion of using but my mind is baffled so Verity what on earth what do you and every single person you ask comes up with a different answer what they think so go on spiel (laughs) I kind of agree with most of what you said there so for me a consultant is someone who has a lot of experience in that profession so I'd say like 10 years plus mm-hmm. um maybe I would see them as someone who kind of pops in helps for a while and pops out again as in like short term or temporary or you know for a particular project or problem or whatever and like you say it's someone who is a bit like look I know the business I know what I'm doing here this is what I would advise there's still a bit of dialogue back and forth but it's much more like I'm the expert here this is why you've paid me coach is a bit more how I see like therapy in that you ask questions to help that client understand what the right things are for them to do or the right answers or or whatever um which is why I always struggled with the word coach when I sort of entered in that realm because I didn't really do that I was very much a two-way process with my clients and now you've asked me go on and that's the problem I would say most of the like business coaches and marketing coaches I know I know that they're not actually that type of coach in terms of Mm. they're not providing space they definitely are it's a two-way thing and there are definitely points where they are telling them what to do and you know I'm very very fortunate to be in a a coaching program where my coach actually will say like I'm going to step out of coach mode now like I'm just going to mentor you now and tell you like what I would advise and she's very clear about making that switch but I think most people aren't and therefore they are actually going beyond what a coach should do and then now that's why the word is just all blurred yeah yeah and I think and and just just one thing quickly like all three words don't need a particular accreditation accreditate you know it's not like you become a consultant by doing this certificate or whatever you know it's all very gray um now we've spoke about mentor before and I'm I completely think it's right you using it for what you're doing but I always for me believe a mentor is free yeah (laughs) so I that's just every mentor I've had has been a a free relationship where a woman has provided me with support or me vice versa to another woman and it's been an unpaid relationship but I think if you kind of word it and and frame it right it can definitely work but I suppose that's that would be my only thing just make sure that's very clear Mm. that it's like um this isn't like you're just sort of just there gonna like drop in for an hour a week and like catch up with this person see how they're getting on it's it's the program and yeah and you'll be mentoring them officially yeah yeah I know and that's the thing you're not the only person in the world that thinks it's free definitely and that's why there has been 
that resistance um mm. but I just feel as if consultant is too uh just doesn't feel supportive enough for what I'm actually doing if that makes sense so yeah it is what it is but if the words have been going around and if anyone's listening because I'm sure as I said me and very spoke about before and every single person I talk to about it's always like oh I know it's such a difficult one and I've seen other people where they change it and it all it's a constant fluid thing so yeah uh that is what's been on my mind but it is what it is I will be a mentor I am paying but it is a mentoring program I will obviously put all the details just in case there's any business women that are listening that are service-based and thinking do you know what I do need Cheryl to give me a kick up the bum and some advice and some expert knowledge and guidance because I'm really happy with the program even if not I'm not 100% happy with the name <laughs> Yeah. And if you do need anyone in the world to give you a kick up the bum and accountability and help you reach your goals by the end of the year, I cannot think of anyone better. <laughs> so we will definitely um, let you know um, about that or, or reach out you know, to Sherelle if, if you want to know more. So while you've been figuring that out, I've been figuring out where all the female friendly garages are. Now, I am... Um, I'm currently borrowing a car from a dear friend who has um, uh, lent it me. And so, um, you know, I've been looking after him. <laughs> he's got a name. I won't say what it is. I've been looking after him, making sure that he's all happy and stuff. Um, and then a little light came on the dashboard as they do. And I thought, oh, God. And it was a tire one. So I like went and did the tires and checked the pressure and did all the things I should do. Um, and it wouldn't go away. And then someone said, you know, sometimes you have to turn it off yourself, even though it's been fixed. And I thought, you know what? Um, like, I don't have anyone around me who really knows cars. So I'll just go to a garage, <coughs> Halfords, and um, other garages available and um, get them to do this like 30 point safety check. So I actually booked it in a few weeks ago and then they rung me up and said, oh, we're understaffed, so we're going to have to cancel it. And it was really frustrating. I totally respect that they were understaffed, but I was due to drive and I just wanted to know it was safe to, to drive because I had a feeling that there was something. Anyway, so I did all the checks myself of the coolant and the oil and, and pressure and everything and everything seemed okay. And I drove there and back and everything was fine. Um, so then I thought I'm going to rebook it when this light came on and I don't know like I, I got there and I it was very unclear where I should park and there was two spots for like MOTs and I thought well I don't want to park there in case someone's going to come in for an MOT and I take that spot so I carefully parked it in front of the reception making sure that cars could get round you know knowing that they drive it into the garage pretty soon anyway and I just went in and I was like, hi, I'm here for the 30 point check. And he was like, yeah, you kind of parked in the middle of the road there if you uh, just want to put it in an MOT space. And I was like, great. I've started my day off by being mansplained. This is lovely. And I was like, I'm not in the middle of the road. Cars can easily pass. I checked this. This was a mm. whole, my whole. So it just set me off on a like it. And then I went back to, well, first, but then he rang me to say it was ready to collect. And he's like, yeah, there's lots we need to go through. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, get back. There's three things, right? <laughs> and then he explained it all to me, you know, using words that I know it sounds silly and, you know, but like, I don't know what offside and near side means and stuff. Like, you know, it could have just said offside, which is passenger side or mm -hmm. near side, you know, like I'd, 
And then I said, oh, do I get like a little report so I know what's wrong and I can get it fixed? He was like, no. I was like, right, well, can you tell me all this again so I can write it down? I was just like, and then it makes, and I'm stood there thinking, why are you making me feel so inadequate? It really annoyed me. And then another instance, so there was this other local garage. You know, I'll be honest, I don't really want to use big garages. I'd rather use small local businesses. And I text him, he'd been recommended by a friend. Um, and I asked him to do like a safety check. And he said, oh, I can't get you until next week. So then I went to Halfords and then I basically was like, look, here's business for you. Like I need this, mm-hmm. this and this doing, can you give me a quote? And he was like, I'm busy till next Tuesday. And I just was like, I, and the thing that triggers me is I don't have a dad. I haven't. Mm-hmm. My dad died a few years ago and I didn't speak to him for like 12 years before he died. I've never had, and I know this is guilty feminist time and totally stereotypical, but I've never had a male figure in my life who's helped me with these things since I was like 18. Like that was the last time my dad was here to like help me with these things. And I just think sometimes it just like really triggers me because I'm like, you just, you have no idea that like, I just need someone to like support me on this. Like, it's just a tiny little thing and I'm going to pay for it. And I Googled like female mechanics and nothing came up. And I don't know, I just think, gosh, we're in this age where I feel like we've progressed so far in so many areas. And then you go to a garage as a woman and you're made to feel stupid, Mm -hmm. small, like uneducated it's just horrible horrible. I can totally totally resonate because that's basically how I felt the whole year and a half my flat because it's just been men the whole time that have just made me feel like utter rubbish and Mm. not been supportive like you said either telling you things you just don't understand or actually where then I have really upskilled myself and my knowledge and been able to be like well these are all the things I need back from you then just being like useless at communicating like you're saying what's the point of saying I need to get all these things if, if they're going to tell you all the things that need to get fixed you do need to be able to have something to be able to give that to someone else and like I've been at the moment been chasing like my flats all done now and there's things I need back from them that are like legal requirements and they've not like they're a builder that's not been given them to me I'm like are you kidding me so I totally understand that feeling and I have to say I'm super super lucky that when I had a car one of my dad's really good friends is a mechanic. So I used to, if I was in Nottingham, I'd always send it to them. And then my, one of my best friends, her dad's a mechanic. And so even though he's halfway down the country, if I knew I had to get big things done, I'd be like, I'm coming to see you for the weekend. Your dad's going to take my car over. Mm. Because it is absolutely beyond frustrating when you feel, and it's your health and safety. Like you were trying to be really proactive and be like, you know, you could have just been like, oh, let me just ignore that lie. But you're trying to do the right thing, but it feels yeah. like no one wants to help you. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny. I just, I just find it really odd. Um, And yeah, and I wonder why so few women go into the profession. Um, And, you know, I don't know if it's just an upward battle because there's so few women anyway. And and so that environment just isn't an environment a woman may want to be in. I don't know. Um, Mm. But yeah, like if there's any female mechanics out there, please message us I'd love to know where you are and who you know like how you got into it and in your thoughts on this but yeah I'll, I'll get it sorted like um but it's just frustrating 
<laughs> so um so yes yeah, so that's what i'm figuring out like are there any female friendly garages in the world and also we just i think it's fair to say a female friendly garage doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a Co- female mechanic it's completely about the customer service and this is the thing yeah and i don't and someone may be like well what do you want you know what do you mean by that and i think it's just i think it's just a certain approach a certain tone a certain like um just making me feel not like completely and utterly useless and uneducated and just like stupid it's just a horrible feeling it's horrible to and I'm sure like there's some of the most incredible powerful women in the world that feel exactly the same and you just think how is this like still a thing but anyway so yes that's my figuring out this week well, we're going from a figuring out to what I've been watching is beyond different. So we all know I'm like 10 years behind. Well, technically it's eight months. So I finally sat down to watch Bridgerton. No. <laughs> because every, I remember everyone going on and on about it. And I don't, obviously, you know what I'm like, I don't pay attention. And I'm like, I'll put that on the list. But um, I finally sat down. Oh, it's, uh, I don't know if she's a producer. It's the producer of the right term by Shonda Rhimes, who I come to my awareness because of year yeah. of yes I thought oh well I really enjoyed the book and I thought she's great and everyone raves about all the other things she's created so I thought let me watch and um it for just in case anyone else is even later than me so set in London in high society London um 1813 Regency and I think the thing that just made me why I loved it was obviously it's like it's all costume it's old school London and I'm like imagining like oh like when they, like they'd mention a few things about London and I was like isn't it funny because like this like and they mentioned at one point like people living here as if it was like so far out and I was like that's literally class of central now like it wouldn't even be class of far out like it's crazy and just like a ridiculous life of like if you had money so Bridge- there's like the Bridgerton family so there's like a whole family in this the just thinking if you had money you have to sit there and you have to have your like coming out party and you have to go to all these dancers and you know tr- basically trying to get married off and I was like it's so, such a, a world away but just ridiculous escapism but because it's like based in London and it's like in our past there's part of me that's just like intrigued by the things they say so um, I really really just enjoyed it as a bit of like pure escapism but just thinking as well like what a different world and actually feeling very grateful to be a woman today and have the choices I get to make and not feel as if like my whole life is just to like get, get married and have children and like I don't yeah. have what's it I don't know a doubt like the the pressures are like a dowry like this woman's gonna be such a burden on you here is some money to take her off my hand like such <sighs> a different world yeah, yeah no definitely well you're ahead of me because I've never seen it oh so. oh I feel happy about yeah. that definitely honestly for a little bit of because I know you like a bit of escapism tv watch it I do, but I'm also not a period drama person, which I think people assume I am. But I'm just like a bit like, ugh. And then I hate things that people go on and on and on and on about. So like all the women are like, oh my God, the main guy is so hot. And I just get a bit like, ugh. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm like? I get triggered by things that are super popular sometimes. And I sort of, so I'll probably watch it in like a year or something when, yeah. But um, no, it is, I think, you know, everyone does love it that has seen it and uh and yeah, and I can't remember what Rene, Reggie Rene, I don't even know what he's called, but everyone, all the mums love him, don't they? Me as well. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> 
Hello, Sherelle here. Just another little note about this week's sponsors, Alexi and Teal. By now, you know that they create beautiful silk accessories, but what are the benefits of luxurious mulberry silk, you ask? Many beauty experts recommend using silk pillowcases because of their benefits for hair and skin. They can prevent wrinkles, tame frizzy hair, keep skin hydrated, plus keep you dry and cool all night. Perfect for these hot summer sleeps. And when it comes to Lexi and Teal eye masks, they are extremely gentle to your delicate eye area, nourishing to your skin and great at blocking out those early sunrises and late sunsets, which we are currently experiencing in the UK. Find them online at www.lexiandteal.com and on the socials at Lexi and Teal. Now back to the show. I was listening to Glenn Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. An episode I actually listened to this with my girlfriend, which is quite interesting. So called Silent Sex Queen. Why aren't we talking about sex more now? For those of you who don't know, Glennon Doyle was married to a man, had children, and then she basically fell in love with a woman. So um, Abby Wambach, who um, Abby was like the captain for the US soccer team. Um, and is I think is the most... I want to say the most decorated Olympian for America or sort of was or she's just like her her like um sort of what she's achieved in life is incredible um and was a lesbian and has had many relationships with women but they sort of the I mean if you haven't read um Untamed by Glenn Doyle um she sort of explains in there how they met and it was just at a random dinner and all of a sudden she just just like this woman walked in and I just like was like oh my god what am I feeling and the reason I'm saying all of this is because basically the first night that they slept together they had never touched they had never kissed they basically left both their marriages and everything to enable this night to happen but they knew deep down that this was something special Mm. Glennon had never been with a woman kissed a woman anything with a woman so it was quite interesting and they didn't go into like intimate detail which you know is respectful of of that um but they sort of said about how it was all yeah just all like a lot of pressure and new and and everything but then they had um Glennon's sister on Amanda who is in a who is straight and in a heterosexual marriage and so they were just talking generally about stuff about like first times and what kind of person you were growing up so like Amanda was very much she saw sex as like a a currency and like she was limited like how much she could spend mm-hmm. so she um basically didn't have a lot of sex before her marriage whereas Glennon was sort of the opposite a bit and that's I'm much more like Glennon like I see it very much as like my right to mm-hmm. enjoy my body do with it what I will even though I was in a relationship for 10 years so that sort of you know put, put a stop to that for 10 years but you know I see very much as like it's unlimited and as long as I feel safe and the other person feels safe then you know we're fine to like explore that but it was quite funny hearing as a couple them talking about this because Abby would be like oh my god I'm sweating I'm sweating I can't talk about this is so awesome. and Glennon's like oh, I need to breathe I need to breathe because it's it's you know I mean like hundreds of thousands of people are going to listen to the episode Mm. and it's like intense to talk about 
stuff so intimate and then they talk about things like what is sex to you which for me is still a massive question being in the same sex relationship even with a guy it's still a question but it's a bit more black and white with a guy but with a woman it's like what is it because there's no real rule book with that and just that whole area of, of life and there was interest in some things that they said um like Glennon was saying about how she felt with men's stuff I'd turn to like my girlfriend and be like I felt like that like that's how I felt and that you know and it was really interesting hearing someone else say it um and then being able to relate to that so I do really recommend it whether you're straight gay queer whatever like it's a it's just I think it's just an interesting um episode to sort of like think yeah I think that or oh I don't think that and yeah and just like give them support because I think it was pretty horrific for them to actually talk about those things I mean they sound like two very brave very very brave women because I wouldn't even talk about it on this so never mind one you know there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people listening um but no just definitely sounds like interesting one and always you know I think whilst I'm not one to be like I'm going to talk about it I think anyone who is does feel that they can I think the more we talk about all those types of things the better so I'm sure it was a really good episode to Mm. listen and to think about now reading wise you know there has definitely been a hot topic in the world of like business I think at the moment with the world reopening which was networking and getting back to work so I actually thought I better pull an old book off the shelf because it's been a while let's just say it's been a while about networking it's been a while so I've mm. chosen a book which was um it's called Never Eat Alone by Keith I'm gonna say Farazi and Tal Raz and he like this Never Eat Alone is definitely one of the leading most recommended books about networking um, and I chose it for book club years and years ago and it, it really really does walk you through everything about really building a good network and his whole thing is today he said today's most valuable currency is social capital and you know I truly do believe like your network is your net worth I think it's really important I've never been someone ashamed to say I actively changed my network like I think um you know probably around five six years ago it's when I started reading it's when I really started to think what do I want to do in my life I became conscious, like actually the people in your life make a real big difference. And so in this book, he talks about everything from like how to start relationships with people, how to like continue building relationships. So the the reason why it's called like Never Eat Alone is I think his whole theory was just like every single meal was an opportunity to see anyone. He was constantly looking for place for opportunities to use the time. And some people do think it's very extreme. And like there's a technique in there that's like, pinging which was around like how to make sure you're constantly not letting people disappear like and actually keeping on top of it and that whole technique has been a really like interesting one for me to get my head around because I've the one thing I would really admit is I still don't believe I have a very good system for keeping in touch with everyone like because now we have more ways than ever you're like I've got people that I only talk to in real life. I've got people I talk to on Instagram and on Facebook and some people that I email and some people, and you're like, how do you, you know, people fall off the radar because we're not able to actually manage that many relationships. And there is a stat, and I can't remember off the top of my head now. I want to say something like 150. And they're like, you can only have that many people you can actually keep a relationship going with. And then after that, it's just too many people for you to manage. That sounds loads anyway. Okay, maybe it's not 150. We will find out. <laughs> I feel like 
is 150. Um, right, but it just sounds a lot. Yeah. So, but I just think if anyone is, you know, I know this has been a very weird experience for most of us. And I think regardless of if you're introvert or extrovert, I think going back to networking, like I was saying, I think even when um, I was talking recently about dating, like we just haven't spoke to strangers. So this whole thing about no matter what, I think it is a bit of a like, ooh, for most people. So if you are thinking, no, I need to do something, I need to get back onto networking or to meet new people, or even just actually, maybe you, those relationships with other people have died because you've not been able to see them. Like I know there's loads of people that I used to see regularly, like, you know, every two, three weeks that I've not seen them for a year and a half now, for example. So even if it's just to help you be like, how do I get back on that? Um, this is a really good book to get going. So it's called Never Eat Alone and I'll put the link in the show notes. Great, great stuff. <gasps> Networking. Oh gosh, it feels like a thing of the past, doesn't it? Um, so while you've been uh, reading that, I watched a film with mum called Jersey Boys. So some of you may know this from the stage show. Some of you may know it from the film. The film's 2014, so it's not, you know, not a new film. Um, but me and mum often watch or listen to things together that are music focused. So we'll watch like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. We watch like a Tina Turner documentary, things like that. Just something where we have like a common ground. Um, and I always find it so fascinating to hear the stories of people who've made incredible music. So for those of you who don't know, Jersey Boys is based on Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, who were a band um, in the sort of 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and they did loads of songs that I'm sure you'll all know, um, even if they're not on your regular playlist. Um, but I think like Sherry was the most popular one. Um, and they did like Walk Like a Man. Um, and then Frankie Valley on his own did um, Can't Take My Eyes Off You, which became like a big sort of um, song later on. And it was sort of about the um, discovery of Frankie Valley. He, for those of you who don't know, he has a very, very high voice naturally. So it's quite um, distinct. And someone discovered that and was like, this is gold, we need to do something with this. And it was sort of about the creation of the band, how that happened. And then also about the demise of the band and all the things that were going on in the background uh, to do with money, as it always is, um, and the pain and the, you know, the way that the songs were written and how we know them today. And it was just one of those films where it you escape into it, you know, you're in it. And I think I need that at the minute. I think, especially since I've stopped drinking, I need a really good film that I sort of don't want to turn off. And I didn't expect it from that because it seemed mm. quite gentle, you know, you're like, oh, story about a band, great, you know. But I do find that these music-based um, films on real lives are really powerful. I think, you know, I do believe that to write and to perform these incredibly popular um strong songs you need to have been through something and I think that's demonstrated with Freddie Mercury and Elton John um like the power behind those songs are because of the pain 
that they have experienced in their real life so yeah I really recommend it especially it's a nice like family film like if you need something like I'm always looking for things that don't have sex in or stuff like that I'm like oh you know that I'm not gonna be like oh turn away so if you need just something family friendly then I recommend that that's so funny how like gripping it was because as soon as you said Jersey Boys I think of the musical obviously because my background Mm. in theatre and you know Jersey Boys is been toured for years and years and years was in the western for a very long time very very successful musical so mm. I definitely just thought of it as being like this light-hearted cheerful thing so I'm quite intrigued now so yeah maybe and maybe mm. I see if I persuade dad because again I'm like you always trying to find a family-friendly <laughs> movie to watch I know yeah I don't think there's any sex in it so we're all good sounds perfect (laughs) well before you all run off you've got to have your life prompt and this week I'm going to ask you about networking obviously so what can I do to strengthen my network and there's a two extra bits so I want you to look at what individuals do I need to build a stronger relationship and what type of individuals do I need to build a new relationship with so looking mm. the two prongs are looking at you know who is in your life already because quite often I feel that when people feel their network isn't strong enough the automatic reaction is to go out I think who's all the new people I need to bring in but very often we already have great people in our lives but we just haven't you know they might just be that very peripheral like you haven't brought them in so it's like how do we strengthen the relationships we've got as well as create new ones I like it I like it and and that thing of like someone may already be in your life that has a a skill or a connection or whatever that you've never needed before but because you're on a new path or whatever then that could be a something that that could be quite powerful to you so that's yeah worth considering as well okay we will get journaling on that so thank you everyone for joining us this week we hope you've enjoyed the show as always if you want to get in touch it's free and figuring it out at gmail.com or find us on instagram and facebook at free and figuring it out we will see you next friday Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next instalment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.